0: I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley, and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives, and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Kyra Crawford. Kyra is a newly qualified life coach who, as a result of her own life experiences, wants to help other people to live their best lives. During our chat, we discussed the farm accident, which had a massive impact on Kyra's life, with her family being told at the time that she had less than 24 hours to live, how this has changed her perspective on life and why she wants to give back by helping others. Kyra, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. For anyone who
0: is not familiar with yourself, could you give us an insight into who you are and what you're all about?
1: Okay, so my name is Kyra Crawford. I am from County Tyrone, so I'm up the north. Um, I'm a day centre manager for the Western Trust. I run three day centres for older people. I am a part-time farmer and I am currently qualified as a life and business coach. Fantastic.
0: And I know that you only recently qualified as a life coach. So I suppose, why is it important to you through that work to help other people to look after their own well being, but also why is it important for you personally to look after your own?
1: So, I did the course um, because I got a life co- coach myself and I found the benefits from that. Um, I had a farm accident about seven years ago and it took me a long time to recover from that um, mentally and physically. Physically, I could, couldn't could do the things that I always done. So that impacted me mentally. I struggled for a long, long time trying to find my purpose and my why and why it happened to me and a lot of just background of why me and a lot of self-pity. But now I realise that it helped me to make me a stronger person I found my purpose of, I love helping people, I love helping animals, I love watching people grow and develop and overcome things, and that may stopping them be the best version of themselves. So that is why I done the course, and I had the opportunity of coaching six women as part of that course, and that empowered me so much more to go out there to the real world and to become a life coach. Um, just watching them grow and do things that they never thought was possible was amazing so yeah
0: fantastic and I suppose the fact that you've had that personal experience as well you know you have had that you know same feelings of like how do I you know go on How how do I navigate this big life change you know I suppose there's a certain amount of you know empathy then that you have for other people who are going through you know big life things themselves and do you find that that actually helps you to help other people the fact that you have gone through you know the farm accident that you mentioned and you know you did have to navigate all the mental and physical aspects of um the injuries um that you had do you find that that helps you then to i suppose empathize and help the women or the people that you help through the life coaching
1: yeah totally like for a long time I personally as I said I didn't know my reason why I didn't know my purpose and a lot of people come to me and I ask them you know please tell me a little bit about yourself and your background just so we can connect and I can know a wee bit about you and they completely freeze they you know And then when they do find the words, they might say, oh, I'm funny and I'm care and I'm kind. And I'm like, okay. so when was the last time you were funny? When was the last time you laughed? When was the last time you told a joke? And they just panic because they think in their head that this is who they are, but they actually really don't know. I'm like, okay, so if you want to be funny, I'm going to teach you how to be funny. I'm going to teach you how to be yourself. I'm going to teach you how to find that wee spark that you would have had maybe few months ago or a couple of years ago or like even myself um when i joined ash's program she asked me when when was the last time you were happy and i completely froze um i said oh god um and i had to really think hard and when i remembered it it was like i was 16 i was working in a cafe and all the solicitors or the people that would come in for their coffees, they used to call me Little Miss Sunshine. And I was like, I would just love to be Little Miss Sunshine for one more day. And they were like, right, we're going to teach you how to be Little Miss Sunshine. And I found her again. And I want to do that for all our people. And I remember it was maybe about six months ago. I was at a Sumba class and one of the women beside me, we always you know stand in the same spot we're human we always take the same spot and uh, she said can I ask you your name you've been standing beside me for nearly a year and I said my name is And she goes oh that's nice name we always called you the little girl that smiled and I knew in that moment that I had found little Miss Sunshine again and that's what I like to help people do I like them to find their sunshine or their happiness or who they wanted to be that maybe just because you're not in that moment right now doesn't mean that you're never going to get there and we put a plan in place and we work through and we figure it out together and you mightn't be there tomorrow but you will get get there um so yeah
0: fantastic and i suppose your own story as well gives People hope, you know, like you are, I suppose, a success story that you did get back to Little Miss Sunshine again, that you were able to to find that part of you. Because I do like I know myself as well when you're in that kind of, you know, maze of trying to figure out who you are, where you're supposed to go from here, how you're supposed to like navigate whatever it is that you're going through it can feel like okay i'm i'm stuck in the weeds and i'm never going to get out here like it's never going to be the same again i'm never going to be able to find myself so the fact that you i suppose can even like you are an embodiment of a success story you know that must give an awful lot of hope to the people that you do work with as well
1: yeah totally like and you have to be ready yourself you have to be at that point that you're ready to accept of where you are and what has happened and you know go forward sometimes people like their own parents or family or you know relationship other people close to you push you to try and be your best self because they know you have that but some people aren't ready
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um a couple of weeks ago a mother sent me her daughter for a zoom call and paid for it and that was fine and she was giving so much of herself but only half and i says look when you're ready, you book the call next with me. Mm -hmm. She says, I will. And she just wasn't ready. And that's okay too. I'm not going to push anybody when they're not ready because only you can know when you're ready for that step. And when you are, then I'm there to support you. I'm there to guide you because you're going to give your best to that moment because you want your best. You're, you're, You're fed up in that rut of struggling to get out of bed or just... Going through life and actually not knowing what path you're going, sometimes, like a lot of people in their twenties, like I'm coming now, I'm twenty eight, but twenties is such a hard path because you're trying to really figure out who you actually are. I seen a quote one time from not ten, you try and please your your parents; from ten to twenty, you try and please your friends. And from your 20 your 30, you really just try and find yourself. And it's such an emotional wreck, you know, and it's really difficult. And then like 30, you still mightn't even know who you are, but that's okay. We all, we all get our paths and our own time and our own journey. Everybody's different. You know, it's, it's human, it's life, it's normal. It's okay. And sometimes we can meet perfect at 30 and collapse like 40 you know it's doesn't mean there's going to be a complete sailing journey it's it's life and it's okay for people like we hear that all the time not to be okay but it's more the point of it's okay to stand out and say I need help or I need support I need guidance um because I think it's it's nearly getting normalised now and we need to keep pushing that Um, that it's okay to have a shitty day or a shitty week or a shitty few months that's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on something there, like life isn't linear. Um, You know, there are going to be ups and downs and you take a step backwards and you take five steps forwards and then it could be 10 steps backwards again. And, you know, it is that kind of, I suppose, journey you know to use that that phrase that is you know sometimes overused but it is it very much is a journey and it isn't just this kind of like okay it's gone from a to b straight line that's it now that's what my life is going to be it's all going to be plain sailing because it's not because like you said life happens there's stuff that gets in the way there's stuff that will bring you down there'll be stuff that'll lift you up and it's about kind of recognizing that, like you said, that when you have those down moments, things that are dragging you down or your mood down or whatever, just being able to put up your hand and say, actually, I need a, help, a helping hand with this. Um, You touched on something else there as well about your 20s. And I actually was at a journaling uh, women's circle yesterday morning and um, the women that were there, they were um kind of 30s and up. And we were all actually speaking about how you know there's this kind of idea especially on social media sometimes of you know like oh good wouldn't we all love to be back in our carefree 20s but actually like your 20s aren't carefree like not that I remember anyway because you're trying like that you're trying to navigate like okay so who am I am I you know trying to fit in with friends am I trying to stand out but in a good way you know like all this sort of thing and like you are trying to like figure out your path in life as well a lot of the time in your 20s because obviously that's kind of the time that people go to college do you know do your apprenticeships or your graduate programs or whatever it is so you're like you're building your stepping stones but you're trying to figure out which ones are for you and which ones are for other people and and like to be honest I I would absolutely not like to be back in my 20s and we all actually agreed on that yesterday morning and I thought it was really like I don't know um, some coincidence that you mentioned that actually like because we had we had all just talked about it yesterday morning like and said that you know absolutely not I wouldn't like to be back in that case because there is kind of a, a thing of you feel kind of lost but you feel like you should know where you're going and and you know all this kind of like pressure on yourself to like I should know the path of the rest of my life where like you might live for you could live to be 100 like what you're planning the next 80 years of your life like geez, I don't know where I'm going to be in a week you know that, that sort of thing and you know I think when you get to your 30s and, and late 20s or into 30s I think there is a kind of a more a calm approach to it like it kind of calms down and you kind of find your feet a little bit um so yeah I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned that um and actually another thing that you mentioned there that I thought was really interesting you know the fact that you said to that that client that you know come back to me when you're ready and I think that's a sign of like a real ethical practice in coaching because you know there is this kind of like line between therapy and coaching some people might need the therapy to the backwards looking stuff rather than the forwards looking stuff. And, and it's, you know, like the fact that you were able to identify, okay, you're obviously not ready for this right now, but come back to me when you are. And I think that's, that's a sign of a good coach as well. Um, You know, I've, I've had coaches as well and, and like that, you know, through discovery calls or whatever, it's kind of, um, I suppose, an analysis is done as to whether this is right for you or whatever. And I think, That's something that's really important, actually, with coaching, because, you know, it is coming to the the forefront a lot more. And, you know, they are there to help and support people. Absolutely. And like I've I've had life coaches myself and they're brilliant and, you know, they can really help you see the wood from the trees. But I think it's having those ethics that you just mentioned there is really, really important as well. Is that something that you place a lot of emphasis in um, with your own coaching?
1: Yeah, like as she said, there, there being coaching is very different, and you you'll need them at different points in your life. Coaching is very forward focused. Yes, we might look at things in the past, um, like obstacles that stop you new moving forward, but again, it's very forward. So, um, I'll give an example of a girl that. You know, struggled. She was very anxious doing something very new, um, and she didn't know why she was anxious doing something new. And she remembered back when she'd done something as a child, her mum would have given her a lecture in the car, going to the fence and then going home from the fence about you need to be good enough and you know we make sure you do it right and make sure you do it perfect and. On the way home, then she would have got the opposite. She was like, you should have done this better and you should have done that better. So that was a barrier, stopping her doing something completely new. And that is where maybe it's a wee bit of therapy in it from the background of that, but then it's also the coaching side of, okay, so now that you're aware of this, how is that stopping you going forward in life? Where else does this come into your fields going forward? So it is very forward thinking, forward focus, but then there may be obstacles from your past that is a wee bit therapy edited into that. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's, it's working towards the future and best version of yourself and how to overcome them obstacles and what's the reality of the situation. And then, how do we find a way of forward through all that and go forward?
0: Yeah. And do you find that, I suppose, determining whether it's, it's therapy that somebody needs or if it's coaching, do you find that is something that's quite difficult or do you find that it's easy to spot if somebody actually, okay, actually, you know, you need to go to a therapist first before you can look forward.
1: Um, on the discovery call in the first 10 minutes, I will tell you if I can help you or not. Because if I can't help you, it's awkward for me and it's awkward for you. If you're bringing up a lot of things about the past, so you're saying about my ex-partner done this and this has triggered my life and, you know, this is how I'm feeling and this is how, then it's therapy as if you're talking about, okay, so I was in a really bad relationship and I want to find new my new self. I want to feel happy within me. And then maybe going forward, I want to find a new partner, new relationship. Then it's coaching. So okay. in the first 10 minutes, you I can really say honestly, because otherwise I'm just, you know, I'm not there just to take your money and keep you in a session if it's not going to work, because then it doesn't go anywhere. I don't get any enjoyment from help when you overcome things and, and get there as It's easier for me to say, look, I think maybe therapy session, do a few. If you don't want to do a few, that's okay. That's up to you. But when you do overcome that, come back to me and then I'll help you forward. And that's that's really how I put it towards them, because at the end of the day, it's me wanting them to be the best version of themselves. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think like that shows that you want, I suppose, an ethical business you want you know you want to act in a very ethical way but also you want a sustainable business you know you don't want to be just you know taking money off people you know for the sake of it because like you said you're doing this to help people and if you're taking just taking money off people who you're not going to be able to help then that's you know the whole goal of your business is is not fulfilled and and i think that it's a sign of like a really good outlook um when it comes to business because you know, unfortunately, there are definitely going to be people out there who will just take the money off people. Um, I think you know, co- as a, you know, as I said, coaching is this kind of up and coming thing, and um, I I suppose I've heard some stories from people, and I think we all have heard stories from people of you know maybe not the most ethical practices. So I, that's really interesting that you know you do that and you go through kind of. It's almost, you know, just the discovery call is almost like an, an ethics check. You know, is this going to be, you know, something that I can, you know, can benefit me, my business and also the person, because I think that's sometimes missed. um So, yeah, it's brilliant to hear that you're doing that. And I'm sure that people who are listening will um really appreciate that. You know, there are life coaches out there who do this and that, you know, because. I do think that sometimes coaching gets a little bit of a bad rap, rep rep. Um, but I think there are good coaches out there like yourself. Like I had the Wellbeing Warrior, Jennifer Davey on one of the earlier episodes of the podcast as well. There are there are like there are lots of coaches that I've had on. I'm not going to start naming all of them because I'm going to forget someone. But, you know, there are some brilliant coaches out there. And I I think that it is just about kind of figuring out who is working in a in an ethical way, and somebody who will who actually has your own best interests at heart when you are working with someone, you want obviously they're gonna benefit from it from money point of view, but like also that they actually have your ben your interests at heart, and not just i suppose the monetary gain that they're getting out of it,
1: yeah, and like I totally get like therapy isn't for everybody, and some people have this you know thought in their head, I have to go to therapy when I'm completely broken and Mm -hmm. if you get a coach it's it's far better because it feels better it sounds better it's nicer because you're improving yourself and when I ask somebody would you ever consider going therapy and they're completely you know no no that's not for me I'm like okay so what do you want me to do do you want me just to hold a space do you want me to help what do you want out of me and some might just say I just want you to listen I just want somebody to sit and listen for a full hour so I can get everything out of the table. I'm like, okay, let's do that. And that's okay too. Sometimes people just want somebody, you know, a complete stranger, just to sit, listen, no judgment, and just, you know, let them get it all out. And a lot of times that's what somebody really just needs. They just needs an ear and to feel that that's okay and people go to therapy and they talk and talk but maybe the therapist isn't given what they need so that's why I would say what what do you need what do you want me to do and then they can physically tell me and I can I can do that so yeah
0: yeah and I I suppose having that client-centered approach then that can be quite I suppose draining on yourself sometimes if you are just listening to a lot of you know angst or worries or something like that so I suppose what do you do to look after yourself and not take on all of the worries of everybody else
1: yeah I find that very difficult when I started the coaching course because I felt like I had to solve everybody's problem and really we can't we're only human we can only guide them we can only support them we can be here for them we can hold that space so beforehand, the coaching session, I would always ground myself. I would always you know, take 15 minutes just to sit in silence, find out what's going on for me that day. Um, Because if we don't do that, then they might say something that's going to trigger emotion within us. Um, So that's what I would do for myself before the session. And then afterwards, if it was a really tough session, just cry, walk, do whatever you need to do to feel okay stick in your earpods put on some music um i'm doing a mind matter course and next week it is the third session and it's to fill your own cup week and i have wrote out like i do out like different tarot cards blank ones and post them to clients and get them to make up their own pack so they can fill their own cup so it could be like a 15-minute walk in nature. It could be put on your favourite song and just dance in the kitchen at full blast. It can be sit with a cup of tea. It could be completely anything. It doesn't have to be massive things. It can be put on a face mask, you know, watch a nice Christmas movie, light the fire, play with your dog, you know, take the way into the park. It could be absolutely anything. And they're the small things that, fill you up that make you better that when you are empty at least you have something left to give to others That you're not completely drained if we do these consistently like fit them in they're just as important as you know doing the laundry or you know, emptying the dishwasher like sometimes it's okay just to leave the washing machine with a load in it and you know make yourself a cup of tea for five minutes it's okay we don't have to be perfect all the time and there's so much pressure and we put it all on ourselves to you know have the fancy house and it's completely spotless and the reality of the situation is just sit down and make yourself a cup of tea and eat a chocolate bar and give yourself 10 minutes or you know like today I was painting pumpkins with the clients and we were a care assistant down and I went out on the floor and it was absolutely class like I was like this is so therapeutic and they were like it really is I was like I was like loving life they're the fun things to do in life to fill you up and make yourself better and if you're listening and you want to do something like that get yourself a card cut out squares write them on a note shuffle them, pick one each day something that's free and takes five ten minutes and do that each day it's such a nice thing to to give back to yourself and even like your children teach them it's so important um yeah it's just so important to care for yourself as much as you care for others
0: absolutely and what you said there actually it's so true you know it doesn't have to be these big grand gestures it could just be something as simple as sitting down with a cup of tea you know the washing will still be in the washing machine when you finish your cup of tea you know it's and it is like it's so true that we have all this internalized pressure like i should do this i should do that i shouldn't be sitting down with a cup of tea you know why shouldn't you like, you know, um, sometimes it's about, it's about challenging those, like, shoulds inside in your head and going, but why? Why does the washing need to be done at this exact time? Why does everything need to be folded by a certain time? Like, it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter if your clothes are folded by 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. You know, that sort of thing. And it can be such small little things like that, like painting pumpkins or, you know, like, it doesn't have to be these, I suppose, this massive thing. And I think I spoke about this on a couple of other episodes. Like there has been a big commercialization of self-care, Um, you know, the kind of the very fancy um, candles and the fancy face masks and all this stuff. And they have their place 100 percent. Like I love a lovely candle as much as the next person. But it doesn't always have to be like that. You don't have to have a new candle for every day of the week. You don't have to have a face mask every day of the week. You know it could just be something as simple as a walk, have a cup of tea, do some something you know silly with the kids, take them to the playground and watch them like I love watching my kids playing because like they're daft and you know they like they they come out with the the funniest things, and when you're doing that like you're not thinking about everything else like I find myself like if I'm really like engrossed in what they're doing I'm not going to be thinking about the washing machine or what's in it or what isn't in it (laughs) but you know it like it can be just those really simple things in life that can just fill you up and you know for for the next day or for whatever it is that you you're yet to face
1: yeah and like as you said there the washing machine sometimes even our mind it's like a washing machine on full full spin and we just can't get it to switch off and everything is coming into it and we actually don't even know how to organize it it's it's complete chaos up there and that's what I teach my clients how to just settle that how to turn it down to a gentle cycle and watch them just flow past and not have to completely absorb them into us and feel every single thing that we have to do or you know and also like i would always say ask yourself is that your thought or is that somebody else's thought
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that you know a school teacher that would have said that to you 20 years ago or a mother or you know an auntie or a neighbor or you know is that your own thought or is that their thought um, mm-hmm. and it really helps you make you think do I need this in my head or do I let it go? Can mm-hmm. I just say, you know, Barbara, I don't need your thought right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fly on. Or can I say, Kyra, you're absolutely 100% right here. Okay, so we're going to do this and we're going to make that, put it in the diary. We're going to do that tomorrow to get it out of our heads because it's just taking up too much head space. And that's how you organize your brain. And that's what I, I try and teach my clients that, you know, it doesn't need to be like a washing machine all the time. Like, really, our heads should be clear and gentle and thought-free instead of constantly day and night going round and round and round. And, you know, it's it's just it itself is draining you from your energy.
0: Absolutely. And I think, like you said there, it could be somebody else's thought you are putting on yourself. And that's that real internalized pressure. You've taken something on. somebody else has said to you or implied to you or even something that you've assumed that somebody else is thinking sometimes that can be enough to just like trigger this like spiral in your head of you know oh my god I I need to do this because they're they're thinking that I'm not good enough or, or whatever it is and it's this internal then like cycle of just beating yourself up and like oh my god I should be doing this I should be doing this and it's just a calm it really isn't it it's just like and that's what like at the end of the day that's what self-care is it's about looking after yourself so that you have kind of a more peaceful be sense of being
1: yeah yeah 100 and it's not always easy and it's going to take a lot of practice and there's going to be days where it's worse than others and that's okay and like i always find i always tell them about a dustbin tool i have and it's literally get blank piece of paper Draw a rectangle on it and pretend that that's dustbin, Write Every single thing on it that you can't control right now. This is a great thing to do, especially before bed. If you struggle with sleep or your head just not switching off, write it all down, it up and throw it literally in the bin. And when it comes back into your head, you can say, Kyra, that's in the bin. It's dealt with, you know, I don't need it right now. It's not serving me right now. And you can completely forget about it because sometimes unless we like write them down or deal with them, we, we can't get them out of our heads. It's we can push it away, but it's gonna come back in. Um so I always find that a very helpful tool that I would get my clients to do if they're struggling with what's going on in their life right now, is just write it all down and you can you can see them just like Nearly like relax as soon as they're finished the last thing it's like the weight is off their shoulders it's it's not on them anymore it's on that piece of paper so I always find it very helpful just to just to do that if anyone's listening that's struggles daily morning if like if you don't want to journal sometimes people will be like I don't know how to journal and I'm never finding the time and I don't know how to do it that is a simple journal tool that you can physically write down. One words on a piece Mm -hmm. of paper and and get rid of it
0: yeah yeah and and it actually reminds me of a visualization meditation um that I did actually as part of Ash's group the IRE group um there she had an event um two weeks ago now and that was one of the things that she did she got us to physically write down something that we wanted to let go of then we did a visualization meditation of us like visualizing the thing that we wanted to let go of, and we threw it into the fire in our visualization and yeah. Then, afterwards, when we came out of the meditation, we actually tore it up, we tore up the piece of paper, and because it was gone it, it had it was in the fire, so why do we need the piece of paper with it written on it and like it was incredibly powerful there was I think there was about forty people in the room. Everyone cried because everyone had this, you know, thing that they were holding on to that they needed to release. And it did. It uh, it gave them, I suppose, an outlet and myself as well. I, I don't know why I'm saying they it gave us um, an outlet to just release that. And, you know, there are several tools, but I think like that it was the writing down and then afterwards just tearing it up and going, right, that's gone now. Yeah. And or like that, you know, throw it in the bin, whatever it is that works you throw it in the fire if you've got the fire lighting you know um but I think that's really that's that's a powerful tool as well is that something that you use yourself
1: that's something I use myself and then I taught my own clients to do it um when I was a child I struggled sleeping and I used to always imagine a white piece of paper I don't know why or who told me that or how that came into my head. But as a child, I always imagined, and I kept sending myself a white piece of paper, a white piece of paper until I fell asleep. And it was because the white piece of paper couldn't harm me. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, harmless, you know, you could get a paper cut from it, but it couldn't physically harm you. Mm -hmm. And when I got older in life, I made, made me realize to write down my problems on the white piece of paper and just yeah. get rid of it. And then they can't harm you because they're out of your control, they're out of your thoughts, they're out of your mind and you physically let go. So yeah, that's, I don't know why or how that come into my head as a child, but then when I got older, I, I understood why it come into my head.
0: Yeah, and I think like, that's really interesting that it was something that you, you know, either thought up or, you know, somebody said it to you as a child, because like as a child, I think you always want to you know mind yourself you don't want to be scared and you know um that it's a it's amazing what a young mind can do as well like to to protect themselves so that's really interesting um is there anything else that you do to look after yourself on a regular basis I know that exercise is something that has kind of come back into your life and, and you did a race
1: am I right yeah so from the accident I had a knee injury Mm-hmm. and for six years i struggled getting upstairs i really really suffered um i stopped going out i that was probably the roller coaster of my own mental health because i i couldn't be young at 21 years of uh, 21 years of age I had an accident that i couldn't do things that you know hike a mountain or you know do things that normal people was doing and that really took a toll on me yeah. but um when I joined the IRE program I had went to a consultant I waited six years to see him and his first words was you know it's just unbelievable that you're here everybody thought you would have died and you know what you pulled through and like at that point it was a massive accident I thought I had 24 hours left to live and it was it's just was just mad but he said I have great news for you so you don't need a new knee and I thought that was the answer I was looking for because a new knee would have solved all my problems that was my biggest problem like I couldn't do normal things
0: mm-hmm.
1: he said to join a spin class and I was like here like I can't get upset of stairs how the frig am I going to go into a spin class like you know I'd probably fall off the bike at this point and he was like no no just do it at your own pace and I think I told them to F off, like I was complete distraught, like I just could not take it in that this is what this man wanted me to do. And I sucked it up and I dwelled on it for a couple of weeks and then I thought, right, okay, I'm going to spin class and I'll never ever forget. I went to the very back bike in the very corner and was like, this is going to be awful and I went to it and the, I said to the woman beside me, I'm so nervous. I've never, I've never done this in years. I, you know, I, I'm not fit. And she was looking at me like this young girl, like and her in her late fifties. And you know, what am I saying? But I done it. And the next day I was in no pain for the first day in years. I was in no pain.
0: Mm.
1: And I thought, what? This is so freaking weird. Cause I always had like a niggling pain. So then I went. I went three times a week, and I, I still go. Um, and then with Ash's program, she she was um, doing um, oh my gosh, um, raising money for a gentleman that she was friendly with. And a couple of weeks beforehand, I had I was early for my spin class, and I was watching these women run around the track in the park run. I was sitting there and I was like, frick, that is class. That is actually class that they can run that. <laughs> like, that is just, you know, unbelievable. And I was doing my coaching um, course at the time and I coached myself to physically get out of the car. half an hour early and I ran around the track with them. Now, I might have only run three times around it, but I ran and I was like, OK, so if I can run this three times, you know, maybe next week I could run it five times. And I said to her I was going to, they were doing, I think, and IRE program, you know, half marathons and 5K, 10K and all different lengths. And I said, right, six weeks time, I'm going to sign up for a 5K. And I didn't know how I was going to run it. I didn't know, you know, was that even possible? But I downloaded the couch to 6K or it's couch to 5K in six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I done it. It wasn't my fastest running but I, I don't and I was so proud that I physically could run and I always remember the thought that I was running for all the days that I couldn't run and for all the people that couldn't run in this world because I remembered that feeling of not being fit to do something you really really wanted to do mm-hmm. and that's what kept me going. And I always remembered even training, I would have run around the same, you know, the roads every evening or or three times a week. And there was always a stop sign. And I always would have attended that was the the flag of the finish line. And and that's what pushed me through that when I physically seen it, you know, maybe the last kilometre, I was like, okay, right. Keep going. You're nearly there. There's the finish line. And it's about training your mind to think of all them wee things that, you know, to push yourself that little bit further. And when I crossed that, you know, that stop sign or whatever was on the road, I could feel myself speeding up that I wanted to keep going. And that's what taught me. It might have been three kilometres at that point. But that's what taught me to finish it. Just pretend you keep seeing the stop sign or the, the end line or whatever it may be. And yeah, so... I enjoy going to my classes now. I enjoy fitting in. I enjoy, you know, it doesn't have to be that back bike. It could be the middle bike. It could be the front bike. It could be any bike. I I like going out now. I like being fit to be fit because Mm -hmm. for so long I couldn't couldn't be that. And I didn't realise how much of a block I had within me that... Stop me being me, stop me being young, stop me being healthy. And we can be healthy and we can lose the weight and we can be strong. But if we don't have the power within our own mind to do them things, none of that actually happens. Like we can lose five stone, but if you're not happy, Mm -hmm. what, what, what good is it for you? We can be the strongest person in the world, but if you're not happy, what good is that to you? So it's about learning how to fix your mind first before doing all these things. I find that like more important um, to have your mental health more than your physical health. It's because once you have your mental health nailed in the head, then physical health, you can do anything
0: yeah and do you find that it was nearly more of a mental achievement than physical so because you know obviously you were in a situation where like you said you didn't think you were going to survive beyond 24 hours and it's hard for the mind to kind of I suppose adjust from that as well to come out of the you know I am here I am I'm actually still alive I'm able to do things because you know it's such a, a seismic thing that you went through You know, do you feel that being able to get back to exercise, get back to like what you said, fitness and being doing the things that people your age can do? Like, do you feel that it was even, I suppose, maybe not more of an an achievement than physically, but but do you think it was it was a big mental achievement, I suppose, for yourself?
1: Yeah, 100 percent. Like for a long time, I actually struggled with why I lived, you know you know, yes, I got told I 24 hours, but why did I live, you know? And that was my biggest battle. Why Mm. me? Why, you know, yes, this accident happened to me, but why did they let me stay? Why, why am I still here? And for a long, long time, I struggled with should I even be here, you Mm. know? And that was the hardest part for me. Once I overcome that and I realized my purpose and um, why I lived and that I can tell this story and that I can help others and I can empower others and that that others can know that at that point I felt so crap within myself, but now I have the other side where I have the bright days and that I can show people that there there is brighter days and better days are coming. And just because you're in a crappy mood and you don't feel your best self right now, but there there is hope there is light there there is a future and you know if i can do it anybody can do it you know uh,
0: that's that's really powerful what you just said um like i don't know if you even realize how powerful that is because you know like going from that going from wondering why you're even why you even got that chance to live to seeing that there is hope and brightness and you know that better things can happen. That is so powerful. And I I'm, I hope that anyone who's listening today um takes that message away because you know there is hope. There like it at the darkest of days, like there is hope for you know better things to come. And with that, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you so much for being so open um about everything. And I hope you enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This week marks 30 episodes of the Mind Your Mind podcast and with it, the end of season one. Thank you so much for your support throughout this season. And we'll be back in the new year with season two. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at MindYourMindPod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week. And in the
1: meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.